All right, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. We recorded our first show on this general subject on February 21st, 2020. The title of that show was uh, Researcher Herb Smith on the Iran Mena Contra Operation. So this will be a part two. We're going to cover uh, topics that are also involved in that whole situation. So Herb Smith, are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, agreeing to these interview and interesting times. So, uh, for yeah, so uh, today is April 4th, so uh, 2020. So we're kind of right in the thick of the whole lockdown. But uh, if you want to just kind of pick up where we left off, Herb, that'd be great. We can uh, cover some some of these topics. Yeah. So um, in the last uh, conversation, we talked about the the drug running as part of the Iran-Contra affair in Arkansas. And I think what we're going to talk about today is one of the consequences of that is the uh, what's called the boys on the tracks when they found um, two, two, young, two young men, Kevin Ives and Don Henry, were found dead on train tracks in August of 1987. And they were... They were laid down soldier style, and it's still it's still an um, investigation supposedly from the FBI are still continuing to this day. And this case hasn't died as as we mentioned in, in the last episode. Uh, the uh, wrestler from the WWF, Billy Jack Haynes, has said he was involved. So he said that in like 2016, I believe, and it's still getting some legs even today. Um, with uh, Doc Washburn, who I believe has a radio show in in Arkansas, and there's a um, a uh, a YouTube channel called Hannibal TV, which is for as a wrestling site, and they've interviewed him as well, just fairly recently. And they've so also even, there's also been other podcasts that have just covered the boys on the tracks as kind of a mystery murder true crime story. So it's still. It's still recent, and I think Sean Atwood just uh, put out a book, and he's been around uh, the Epstein case and things like that. And the title of his book is Clinton, Bush, and CIA Conspiracies from the Boys on the Tracks to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, and he goes into Jeffrey Epstein, huh? Yeah, so I think he added Epstein into that book that he had pre-written, but he's very Mm. familiar with the Clinton crimes and was covering that, and then Epstein kind of blew up. Yeah, I mean, it still hasn't gone away, that's for sure. No, no, Epstein is still relevant, but uh, Boys in the Tracks is relevant. You're right, it's still current, yeah. and I think that the mother is still kind of, people are still in contact with her, and there's there's still the search for justice. Yeah, it would um, be a good time to mention there's a, a site with um, the mother, Linda Ives, and Jean Duffy, who was a, um, a um, she was on the drug task force in Arkansas, and they have put a site together called idfiles.com where you can find a lot of information, some some legal information and just, you know, general information about the case and, and also, again, legal documents and a listing of people involved and that sort of thing. So it's, it's definitely would be the, the best site for anybody to go to to learn more about it. And so just to go through the details, can you talk about uh, for people who haven't heard of this case, about what happened, the specifics of the boys on what's what's now called the boys on the tracks. Yeah. So again, like, so this was in August of 1987, 
when two boys were found dead on the railroad tracks. And so they were run over probably about like about 4.30 in the morning, they figure. And these boys had gone out hunting earlier late at night. And so what they did is they the first first problem, I think, is they treated it as an accident rather than a suspicious, a suspicious death and a homicide. And so the, the sheriff treated it as an accident, and, and then a, a big part of the cover-up would be the um, medical examiner, Fami Malik. Right, the so notorious, he, right. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, like, um, he had... Uh, Clinton's mother was a nurse anesthetist, and she had two cases where people under her care died and you know she was accused of negligence and they had investigations and it was Malik who cleared her both times so of course right and so, he had also I think he had like one guy's body who was found in a dump in pieces he's claimed he committed suicide there were all of these outrageous conclusions that came out of the medical examiner's office yeah, there was actually a, a citizens group called Vomit, Victims of Malik's Incredible Testimony. So he, just, he, had, yeah, he was just notorious for, the, I think the Arkansas, one of the Arkansas newspapers had like a, a, a week-long investigation into some, into some of the, you know, the crazy findings he, that he had done. So it was Malik who originally said, the, he, he, changed his, he changed it quite a few times, but first he wanted to say it was an accidental suicide, and then the parents weren't going to accept that, and then he tried to say it was marijuana intoxication, and then he even tried to say the, the, tra- the, um, the conductors didn't stop the train on time, and then he should have said maybe they were, they were, they were taking marijuana, <laughs> like, he was, he, this guy's like just... Yeah, the story you know. changed over and over. Yeah. If you have yeah. a window open in the background, can you close that? Because I keep hearing a semi rolling oh. by. Okay, hold on. Let me, sorry about that. Let's see here. Is that better? I don't know. As long as I don't hear the noise of something rolling by in the background. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear it. All right. Okay, because I, I keep hearing I keep hearing a car or something driving. Oh, oh, so that's that's um yeah I, I can't really okay I can't read really, sometimes it's just my street and where my computer is hopefully it won't be too bad I don't I'm not okay. sure how to you know the windows are closed okay it's just it's just my car you know, um just, so what but go the specifics what were the boys' name it was Don Ives and they were like 17 was, years uh, old right. Kevin, Kevin Ives and Dan Henry, That's and they were like 16, 17 years old. And but the, from their point of view, there wasn't the allegation that they were out looking for a drug drop, right? Uh there might. They were they were supposed they they had a rifle with them, so they're supposed to be going out deer hunting. Now, whether some whether some kid there were apparently another group of kids out nearby as well. So you know whether. Whether they heard something and were investigating, I'm not sure. I mean, because well, what's the real rationale of somebody, you know, committing murder on these two boys, right? Like, they, I mean, there was no evidence that there was money taken or anything like that, right? No. Uh, what? Well, again, what what Mail tried to say was they were they were smoking dope and fell asleep on the train track side by side, soldier style, style in the same. 
in the, the same, you know, same identical poses, you know, but, um, so there was, you know, that's what they tried to say was, you know, marijuana intoxication was an accident. They, you know, they tried to say it was an accident. Basically, they, they couldn't admit right. to a murder because what had happened, the, the conclusion is that they had, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And there were people who get, there were people on the tracks at the time, you know, people there waiting for the drug drop right. and they saw them and that's, and then, and then they, took off and they were caught at a, a grocery store and brought back. Oh, I see. So there, there are witnesses that, that saw two cops um, take them and possibly knock them out at the grocery store. So that's what happened. So they had, got, they had run away, but they were apprehended, you know, apprehended, like they did something wrong. They were, you know, they were, they were caught by the cops. And there are witnesses to that as well at the grocery store, and then they were brought back. Right. So that 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 motorcycle just came through. Uh, do yeah, you? Exactly. Wasn't there um, some element or allegation or suspicion that they intended to go to that drug drop, or that they knew that the drug drops were taking place? Did you ever read anything about that? No, I haven't seen anything oh, about that. Have you? I thought I read that a while back. I, you know, I followed all the Clinton stuff that came out of Arkansas with mm-hmm. great detail, so I remember the case. But I, yeah, I do I mean, thought that they, they were kind of there to that there had been drug drops missing, and that was was the motivation to off the two boys as an example that they thought they might have done something in the past, and that the the, the deer hunting was just a cover. I, I hadn't heard that, but I, I know you mentioned, uh, well, Billy Jack Haynes had said that um, he was, you know, whether he was there or not, I'm not sure. Some people, like even Gene Duffy doesn't think he was, and Linda Ives isn't sure. But according to uh, Billy Jack Haynes, the whole reason he was there was because to they thought a couple of cops had been stealing money or drugs from the drug drops. Gotcha. Right. So that's how, right. So that's how Billy, so there, you know, according to Billy Jack Haynes, there were allegations of people stealing from those drug drops. And they thought, they thought it was the cops. They thought it was some local, local, local policemen. Interesting. And, but then there, wasn't there an autopsy that indicated at least one of the boys was stabbed? Yes. So then you had, uh, Don Henry was stabbed twice in the back and, um, Kevin Ives was apparently like um, hit with a the butt of a rifle, and so they were. And of course, Fami Fami Malik had uh, somehow missed that, which is. Right. <laughs> I mean that. It wouldn't be it, the first time. The more I read, a, yeah, more I read about some of these criminal cases, these medical examiners just don't care about certain facts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it it definitely starts right there because why would why would uh, Malik rule that if, if, if he wasn't under some type of pressure. Certainly, he wouldn't have taken it upon himself to, to issue an outrageous ruling like that if, if there wasn't something else behind him. Right. I mean, he, he had to have known. He, there's no way you would, would just do something like that on your own. And obviously, you can't miss. You, you could not have missed the, uh, the one, you know, one was stabbed and, and one, his face was disfigured. And in the blood, the blood, their, their lungs. And so when 
of course the the families didn't accept it, and that's when they got they got the bodies exhumed, and then they got then they got the autopsies that which showed the the stab marks and the and the you know the injury to um, Kevin Ives' head or back of the head with with what they figure is like a, the butt of a rifle. Gotcha. Right. So showed evidence of some type of torture and and uh, assault yeah. before the train. And so then what happened after that? I mean, it's been a long kind of saga, hasn't it? Yeah, so it took them, I believe, um, another year before they got the bodies exhumed. And so in, in 88, they started, um, they actually were able to get a grand jury grand jury hearings into their deaths. But the, 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 the first problem with that is uh, the, the grand jury... It was basically run by uh, uh, Richard Garrett and Dan Harmon. And Dan Harmon, unbeknownst to Dan Harmon, told Linda Ives and, and probably and the um, Don Henry's parents that they were going to solve this case. Well, it turns out that Dan Harmon was there that night on the tracks. Oh wow! Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. There's two witnesses that that put him in. I think Billy Jack Haynes also again. Some people aren't sure about him or not, but there's like three witnesses that put Dan Harmon, if you include Billy Jack Haynes, there are three witnesses that put Dan Harmon at the scene of the crime. So I guess it only makes sense. He's the guy that pretty much steered the grand jury investigations. And that's when people started showing up dead during the grand jury, the grand jury investigations as well. Okay. And who, who died? Who died during the investigation? Oh, there were, uh, there were eight deaths. If I could uh, find it for there, about eight, at least eight deaths happened like during the grand jury investigations or shortly thereafter. Uh, I can, if you want me to. Yeah, if you can look into that. Wasn't Harmon kind of part of the Clinton network? I thought he ended up going to jail. Yes, he did. He, uh, he, first when he was, when he was a prosecutor, he became prosecutor and he first in like 91, he had, uh, a um, tax evasion suit against him, and he had spent 18 day, days in jail because he wouldn't take a drug test. But then later on, in the 90s, I think 1996, he had racketeering, extortion, and drug charges. And he was sentenced to 10 years, and he served nine. And then when he got out, he got in trouble again with more drug charges. Yeah, he just <laughs> so couldn't stop, yeah. Yeah, he can't. He's He looks like... A, if you look at him on the ID files page, at least the picture in 2018, he almost looks like a homeless guy. He's, he's really fallen on hard times. It's in one way, it's kind of surprising that, that you would have an operation like this and have a guy that's just so, he's just so, so damaged. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's, he's still alive actually. Cause he just, I don't know. He just seems, seems like that's not the type of guy that really needs to be around with his, is as as a loose, he's a loose cannon. He's he's just not a guy that you know. <laughs> you just think some of the guys, you know, some people have done better under this. He's one guy that did not fare well. Initially, he did, you know, but he did not fare well after this. And he's just just kind of uh, out there on his own, I'm like you know, like a drifter practically. It seems right. Like. Well, what what in three years from the what they died in '87, the Clintons became. Bill Clinton was president in 92, right? 
Right. And when was he last governor? What didn't he go from the governorship right into the presidency? See. Yeah, I yeah, believe so. Right, yeah. So, and then he fired quite a few judges when he became governor. So, our our president. So he had, you know, you had Bush initially, and then you had Clinton. You know, two of the people that are probably the the biggest hand in the Iran Contra mean affair, right. and they were both presidents. So, and there, and one of the things. So the the investigation, the grand jury investigation into their death, did rule that their death, uh, their deaths were murder. Gotcha. So that they did actually rule, but then they wouldn't. I mean, you're a lawyer; you know more about it than I would. But I, apparently, their their findings they weren't allowed to uh, present their findings publicly, as far as the, as far as the investigation. Right. So, like I said, um, quite, there are quite a few deaths. Some of the deaths um, around that would be would be kids that were witnesses. So there's more kids that died, um, missing bodies. I believe a couple of people that were supposed to testify before the grand jury. So, like, let's say that there are about there are at least eight deaths, if if not right during the grand jury proceedings, like a little shortly thereafter as well. And what? Uh, how long did the grand jury take? Do you know when their final ruling was made? Do you have a date it on was, that? Yeah, let me. I have the date here. It was in '88 when they. Um, Okay, so they convened in at the end of April of '88, and then let's give me one second here. Looks like looks like sometime in eight, you know, later on in '88. So it really, they were done within a year. That's that's interesting. So yeah, they made I that conclusion. Was, I think it was like possibly four to eight. I think it's like eight months, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, and, and during that time, quite a few people died, including witnesses, uh, let's say kids, other kids. Um, it's, it's, it's just crazy what, what they did to these, 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 these poor, you know, just kids. They're, they're kids that were, they told their parents that they knew things and they ended up dead, you know, in addition to, again, the boys on the tracks. And, of course, nobody ever has been prosecuted to this day, so it's been you know, over 30 years. Um, and uh, did you read any of the, did you read Mara Leverett's book, Boys on the Tracks? No, I didn't. It was it was always out of print and, and I couldn't get to it. And then actually, I know when you said, um, and I know it was a good book, but when you, when she wrote something about the, uh, the Arkham, what is it? The, West Memphis 3, Devil's West Knot. West Memphis 3. Yeah, Devil's Knot. And you've told me about it. And I, and I, you know, I followed you and I knew you, weren't happy with what she wrote about it. So that kind of discouraged me a little bit from getting her book. And it was hard to find as it was anyway. It was, it was out of print. And, uh, and then, you know, who had a lot of, a lot of those books actually was Victor Thorne on his site. And then when he died, and then I couldn't get it anyway from his site. That's where I got a lot of my, a lot of my books I had gotten from his site. And what he was, either murdered or committed suicide 2016 and uh that was during the whole election cycle uh yeah but he i mean would he looked into everything about the clintons he knew so much about all their stuff not just the boys in the tracks right right yeah i see he had, he had three volume three volumes of books on on hillary and bill because that was during yeah that was during the um actually i think he wrote that I think it was it was during the first 
it wasn't for okay he wrote in 2008 when Hillary was running the first time right so this yeah those books and it is uh, he had it in in sex drugs and murder so there was he had he had a whole a whole chapter on the uh, the uh, the boys on the tracks right so he knew everything I mean I think he knew he had the volume one sex volume two was Drugs. Drugs and then murder, right? Yeah, that right. Was volume three. So, those are very well selling books too. I mean, that guy was very—he's uh, very pro- prolific. He wrote tons of books. Yeah, yeah, he really did. He wrote a lot. Uh, yeah. The the um, the the Clinton books are, are pretty. He uses a lot of mainstream sources in the Clinton books. Interesting. It's heavily sourced. So, yeah, he's got quite a bit on the. And the deaths and all the deaths and the, the whole Clinton body count, which which Mina is is part of. Sure, I mean it goes all the way back to the eighties, if not seventies, you know. Right. So, um, so where were we? Uh, so we had the we had the prosecutor Dan Harmon, who was involved involved, at, you know, in the murders on the tracks that night. Um, as far as as far as like Billy Jack Haynes, he seems to he knew all the names. I have to say, I, he I think he knew them. I don't know if he was there that night. Like Gene Duffy doesn't seem to think so. But when when I listened to his when I listened to him talk on the uh, the Doc Washburn show and the Hannibal TV, he rattles off names like it's not. I don't get the feeling he just researched it. I get the feeling he met those people. Because he just knows it. He knows Dan Harmon, another guy involved is Richard Garrett, and I mentioned Richard Garrett. He knew about Keith McCaskill, who ended up being murdered. That was that was the only murder that was solved, allegedly at least. Uh, one guy had done ten years for his murder. He was Keith McCaskill was on the tracks that night. There's a couple conflicting stories about whether he was there originally or whether he actually was told when at the dr- at the grocery store and then went there after uh, according to one witness he actually stab- he actually stabbed uh Don Henry interesting and what's just kind of weird about Keith McCaskill is that he went to Richard Garrett and then he and then he found out he went to the wrong you know he went to Richard Garrett who was conducting the grand jury investigation and then he then he told people he was going to die and he went to the wrong person now, now I don't know why, if he was on the tracks at night and he knew Dan Harmon, apparently Dan Harmon and Richard Garrett, well, you know, they were, they worked hand in hand. I don't know. I'm surprised he wouldn't know their affiliation. Hmm. You know, there's a, there's a couple of weird, you know, that I find that, that Keith McCaskill thing a little odd. But another thing about all those deaths were happening during the grand jury investigation, and according to Harmon and Garrett, they had no relation to the murder investigation of of Henry and Ives. Gotcha. <laughs> so they basically had all these. You had all these. McCaskill was the only out of those eight deaths. McCaskill's was the only one that was solved. Fascinating. And, 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 and what? But they you, were all unrelated, according to according to the prosecutor. Sure. I mean, that, that sounds like the standard story that would come out of Arkansas at that time. I mean, you had. Some of the security detail, a lot of those guys died. A lot of those guys said, I'm going to get killed and end up dying. There was all kinds of dark uh, 
actors and things going on in Arkansas at that time. This is incredible. Um, what do you think, what is your opinion of what happened that night when the boys were murdered? Uh, I, I think it was like, like we pretty much said that they, they came across a drug drop, uh, and not only did they come across it, they, they came across it when the people were, that when you had cops and Harmon, when they were there to receive the, receive the shipment, and they didn't want they didn't want witnesses. They were chased. They were knocked out, probably apparently, and brought back and murdered and to make look like an accident. That was now it. They, yeah, I mean that's and of course the reason it's not solved is because it's tied into the Iran Contra affair and Mina and right. So and everybody Trump, everybody course, gets the message right like this. Right. Is, there's just and people have said even. I guess even high-ranking officials, like even a sheriff, said, "Do you want to bring down the president over this?" So, any other way, it would have been solved. I, I'm sure. So, the, the names that I don't know if I did I mention the names of the cops. Two of the cops that they 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 believe were involved was one with Kirk Kirk Lane and uh, Jay Campbell. The other one's name is. And now, it's, what's Kirk Lane is like a drug czar. In uh, Arkansas now, he was uh, appointed by who we mentioned the last time, Asa Hutchinson, right. who was the Attorney General at that time, and now he's the Governor. Uh, Jay Campbell has been like Dan Harmon; he's been arrested for drug charges as well. So, so those were the two cops they were involved. Uh, according to Charlene Wilson, who was there that night, and. Even now, what's funny is, okay, Charlene Wilson was like a, a former girlfriend of Dan Harmon and Roger Clinton, apparently. Right. And she, she testified, she testified in 1990, they had, again, um, they had grand, they had uh, also investigations into drug activity in Arkansas, unrelated, unrelated to the boards in the tracks at that time. And so Gene Duffy brought Charlene Wilson to testify uh, in front of the grand jury, and she mentioned the Clintons. But and she was also there's a a uh, a video called "Obstruction of Justice" that features Linda Ives and all uh, on the story of the boys on the tracks. And she was that was done in that um that film was a documentary in 1996. Well, unbeknownst to anybody involved she actually confessed in 1993 hmm. and that wasn't that wasn't found for like another 23 years or so till they actually till Linda Ives actually had seen her written confession but she never mentioned that to the the, the film producers at the time but when when she testified so what, what they seem to do is they do investigations and then they, then they shut them down Right. I mean, this is actually quite standard. It's not that unusual. These investigations are meant to fail or be subverted or undercut, uh, you know, with full knowledge of a lot of people. Is, uh, it, is, is it partly just to see who comes forward and, and to see, what, you know, who has what information on what? Because that's what it seems to be. Yeah, like, it's like trailing. They let, them test, yeah. they let them testify and then they shut them down. Yeah, they want to see what people know. They know have all yeah. the information. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so... When she testified, so 
Um, Jean Duffy, who I mentioned, she was the uh, drug task. She she was in the drug task force. She was the head of drug task force. And so when she started, her boss told her, "Don't use this to investigate public officials." And she quickly found what happened is one of her undercover agents told her that that so they were there. They had known that there was a lot of drug activity in. Arkansas, not necessarily related to the boys in the tracks. And so, but then one of her undercover investigators said the drug, the drug activity was involved in the deaths of Kevin Ives and Don Henry, and it was solvable. Hmm. So at the same time, so she, because her boss told her, don't use it to investigate public officials. She knew about an investigation that was going on into into the drug activities of a public, a federal investigation into the drug activities of Arkansas officials. So she didn't go to her boss because she thought when he told her, don't use it for public officials, that he might have involved well as well. So she went to a Bob Gover, his name was Bob Gover, who was who, who had memorandums linking linking Harmon and Richard and Garrett to drug activities. So when, when she went, when she had her informant Charlene Wilson at the time, she, she hadn't confessed, but she was a D, she was an informant, and went and talked about the drug activity, and what happened is the boss Chuck Banks, after she gave that testimony, then the boss shut down the investigation and cleared Garrett and Harmon. So there's another there's another case of of they do an investigation. And then they just shut it down again, like you said, just to just to see who knows what. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a the state is criminal. The state itself has criminals just operating it. Um, did you get a feel for how many people who were there that night? Because it doesn't seem like it was a small amount. It seems for that drug drop, there must have been other than the two boys, a significant amount of people. Yeah, the, the names that come up now. Are Jay the, the the cops Jay Campbell and Kirk Lane, of course. What's his uh, Dan Harmon? There's also another cop. I think uh, Danny Allen was his name. He, he doesn't figure as perhaps his, his name comes up, not necessarily involved in the murder. Uh, according to Billy Jack Haynes, the sheriff James Steed was there as well. So they and Keith McCaskill. So I mean, it's like there's like about five or six there, or so. Yeah, at least, at least and known it, parties, right? It, right, yeah, right. And it, whether and Charlene Wilson also as well. She was she testified. She like I, I said, she testified that she actually she said it wasn't deep, but she said she actually stabbed one of the boys. Okay. So yeah, maybe maybe seven or eight people were there, and there was also apparently a separate group of kids, and one of them. Tom, his name was, uh, I think he's deceased now, but his name was Tommy Nyhouse. He's also a witness to the murders and Dan Harmon being on the tracks. So they can say maybe there were people who were just out and about, or did, did some people have heard about the heard about drug drops, possibly? I, I don't know, you know, but there were, looks like another separate group of boys nearby as well. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean... 
it's not that uncommon, honestly. Kids are curious, young boys. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I remember growing up in Northern California. People knew who were growing. People knew stuff, suspicious stuff was going on, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of my sense, too. At least not necessarily that they were trying to get anything, but they might have heard of something going on. What's, I mean, I guess word would get around for that when you were a kid. You want to, you want to see stuff like that. Yeah, you're curious of what's going on. Yeah. Um, what, so let's go, if we can go back to this new allegation by this, um, wrestling guy about him, his involvement, can you talk in detail about that and whether, you know, whether he has anything credible that would lend credence to his claims of him being there? Yeah. So what, according to him, well, it is a pretty much a fact that he he was a drug dealer. He was, he was, he was out of Oregon, he was out of Oregon and he had been dealing drugs according to him since like the, um, I think he said even 1977. So he'd been doing some drugs. He said he worked his way up the ranks, provide drug. He said he provided drugs to, uh, cocaine to other wrestlers. And he said through moving up the ranks, he became involved with Barry Seal. And Barry Seal has ended up what got him involved with Bill Clinton and the Iran-Contra affair in Mena, Arkansas. That's according to you know Billy Jack Haynes. Um, right. So Billy Jack Haynes is the guy's name, right? Right. That's right. And then he's, you know, he was, uh, of course, all wrestlers are, even as a wrestler, he was he was considered a pretty tough guy. He was about 260, 270. He was, he was a tough guy. So he was, he was a bad guy. He, by his own admission, he was a pretty bad guy. So I, so I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any doubt that he was involved in drugs. Uh, then he said, now a couple things that maybe now according to him, I believe he he had contact with Clinton three times. You know whether Clinton would get that involved, I'm not sure, but he did he did rattle off all the names he said at the Rose Law Firm. He met he met all those guys and. He, he'd say their names like he knew them, but the Sheriff James Steed, he mentioned Jay Campbell, Kirk Lane, Richard Garrett, Kirk, uh, Keith McCaskill, like Dan Harmon, like he knew all those guys. And I just didn't get the sense, I didn't get the sense he, that he learned that just by by reading it up on the internet. Interesting. You know, I mean, granted, a lot of what he said was was public knowledge anything he, he, he could he could find out what we could find out but I, I just don't I, I do get the sense that he's credible and that I, I really do believe he's he's met these guys if, if he wasn't on the tracks I'm not sure again um, uh, Gene Duffy doesn't is really skeptical about it but I, I, I definitely feel that he he knew those people I, I think he was involved in, in some capacity that I, I really do think that. And he did go to meet Linda Ives. Hmm. Now, and now would a would a guy that wasn't involved do that? Like, I'd be, even even being a wrestler, you know, you're, you're going to meet the the parents, or the mother, or the parents of someone that whose whose uh, death you were involved in. I mean, that that's pretty gutsy if you're not involved in. It's gutsy if you are, let alone if you're not. I I don't know what he would stand to gain from doing something like that. What did what did Ives? Do you know what the mother thought about her meeting up with him? There are pictures of them of them together. So I, I think initially, I think she was 
I think initially I get the sense she that she definitely wanted to hear from him and, and find out more. But I think as time went on, I think she's more skeptical now. And certainly Gene Duffy is, and, and they work together. So I, I think if one is, the other one would be. And now one, no, one thing go ahead. kind of bothers, one thing that, like a little bit I think is, so the reason Billy Jack Haynes ended up on the tracks was because he was supposed to, again, I think I mentioned there were, they, uh, they thought cops were stealing either money or drugs from the shipments, and Billy Jack Haynes was there to kill them. I see. Gotcha. Now, what's kind of funny about that, so he had a match like a few days before, wrestling match, and he got a, a note saying there was an emergency he had to call about his father, I believe. And it turns out it was about going there to take to take care of the cops that they thought were stealing the shipments. Now, according to uh, Haynes, um, he said Bill Clinton contacted him personally. It was like he got a note and he called Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's the one that told him what he had to do and he contracted him for $50,000. You know, I don't know, but I, I find it, I just don't think that, that these guys, like Bill Clinton, would personally do it myself. It seems it, odd that he would want to even have a face-to-face conversation with somebody like that. Exactly. That, you know, so so they, they could be why they're suspicious of, of, of Haynes a little bit. And, and I don't know. Again, I'm not saying for sure that that he's lying. But, you know, things like that. See, those guys have the plot. They always keep plausible deniability. They don't. They don't get involved as much in the day-to-day operations, and in that regard, you know, that seems a little odd to me. Yeah. Yeah. Seems odd. Do you know if Billy Jack Haynes was he involved in any other criminality? Did he ever get arrested, or was he involved? I mean, you said he was involved in drugs, but did he ever get arrested for anything or spend time in jail? No, not that I know of. But he, according to him, he is he is. He's he's beaten some people up. <laughs> he is he said he's he's done some bad things, but he he never was arrested for it, to my knowledge, and and he never said anything. Apparently got it got away with the drugs as well. Um, he had he had he had his issues with um, he sued the WWE for the CTE, and I think he got a settlement there. Um, but yeah, not I don't think he was I don't think he was ever arrested. And, Interesting. Well, we so are. Yeah, go continue. Anyway, yeah, that that's about that's about it for that. And again, like I say, it, it just seems the the mo was to start investigations and then shut them down. It's it's still the the, the FBI. If you, I got a couple minutes still, right? The, the yeah. FBI had um the FBI was like um the FBI had an ongoing investigation in '94. They contacted Gene Duffy, who had actually been run out of town. By Dan Harmon, <laughs> but when when she when uh, Dan Harmon when the FBI cleared her, she came she came back to Arkansas, and they were the FBI was doing an investigation into the the deaths of the boys in the tracks, and when Gene Harmon when uh, excuse me when Gene Duffy got involved, then the, in '95 again the FBI shut down and said there was um, they they told Linda Ives you have to. Um, you're going to have to consider that no crime is, was committed. So there's another case of 
starting investigation, shutting it down. Right, at the federal and, level, right? So the FBI right. is involved. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and to this day, now Linda Ives has, has filed Freedom of Information Act to there's the, D, the Department of Justice, the FBI. They're, they're, they've all done these investigations into it. And then they, you know, then they say there's not, there was no crime committed. But in the meantime, they also say the, it's an ongoing investigation, and that, that's their justification for not giving Linda Ives the documents she's requesting. Right. That's so it contradicts it. Right. So they accept the conclusion of Fami Malik, but then also say it's still under investigation. It's still open. Right. So they, it seems like they cover all their bases. And that that story was suppressed as well. The boys on the tracks. It was never really a national national story. If my memory serves me correct, you kind of had to dig through. I mean, this is me looking into it in the 90s. You kind of had to dig through the Clinton stuff to find out about it. Wasn't that well, not as well known as it as it is now, at least in uh, my understanding. But the, yeah, the Clintons, you got to remember, they're the ones in power 92 to 2000, right? So, uh, right. and after Vince Foster got murdered, the next day they got a new head of the FBI. You know, so. and, and again, like we mentioned too, what when this was going on with uh, Bush, Reagan and Bush were in power. Reagan and Bush were in power, right? From or, or, eighty was, to ninety-two. Bush, right? Bush would be like, what would Bush be? Um, Eighty-eight to ninety-two. Well, yeah, as president, sure. Right, right. But yeah, he was, so had, again, because because of it was it was really centered around the Iran Contra affair. Like it's not going to go anywhere when Bush is involved, and it's not going to go anywhere where Clinton's involved, and it's not going anywhere with Obama and president. It doesn't not going anywhere where Trump is in pre, is the president either. So, but again, according to the FBI, they can't they can't give documents to Linda Ives because it's, the investigation is still going, is still ongoing, even though they also told her no crime was committed. Right. That's disgusting. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, is that FBI kind of corruption isn't new. I mean, I, I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. They get, I mean, the, the FBI, the way the FBI actually really functions, the, the public, uh, certain parts of it, the public would probably be terrified if they knew how it really worked. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard someone say, like, say there's something going on, like say the Joe Paterno case. Or, or the Penn State case, and Joe Paterno might, might at least look the other way. And then the FBI got involved. When, when there's like an outcry, it seems like when the FBI is really there to cover things up, if, if, it's, a, if it's a big case, they're, they're not necessary to investigate things as they are, again, to find out who knows what and then cover it up. It's, it's, it's not the FBI you used to see in, on TV. <laughs> no, that's very well said. So true. Um, is there anything before we wrap up you'd like to add? Anything I missed? Anything you'd uh, like to promote? Yeah, I just like to tell people again if if you if you want to learn more about it, idfiles.com, obstruction of justice, and there's a, a channel called Carnage on Ice that he's he's done some good work on it as well. And I think he's got a, a four hour a four hour documentary on Barry Seal. I haven't seen that one yet. But again, that that channel is Carnage on Ice, and 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 the guy that that produced that did that film, and also did uh, films on the Boys on the Tracks. I think he's also on that idfiles.com website as well. Gotcha. 
All right, cool. Again, it is Herb Smith, and tonight we discussed the murder case of two young men known as the Boys on the Track. So thank you very much, Herb Smith. Thanks for having me.